0: hello and welcome to the podcast. All right, I say the podcast because we're actually doing a dual podcast, one of those fun AGA affirm uh, collabs. So so today we're actually doing a risk chat and an accountability talk two for one. So, and of course, that means I had to bring along my co-host, Mr. Dan over there. How you doing, Dan? Doing good, Paul. Excited that you are so excited for oh, this podcast. That's how you got to be, man. Got to be excited. Um, and two wonderful guests. We have uh, Mr. Bert and Miss Bobby
1: Joe. I'll let them introduce themselves. How about Bert? Okay. Thank you so much, Paul. Bert Nearing, a partner with Crow, and I had the opportunity to be the chair of the uh, annual uh, ERM workshop this year, the seventh annual. Nice. And you've been on several podcasts with
0: me. So. I have, yes. Welcome so back. Great to be back. All right. And Bobby Joe.
2: Hi, everyone. Bobby Joe Pankage. I work for Guidehouse. I'm one of the ERM leaders, and I was uh, lucky enough to lead the workshop uh, report writing and uh, lead the committee for this. So uh, this is my first time being on the podcast. So thanks for having me.
0: All right. Well, welcome, welcome. Okay. So what we're going to do today is we're going to kind of go over the uh, AGA Affirm workshop that took place back in April 2023. And uh, if you guys can kind of walk us through it, you know, some of the keynote session points, the three sessions, I believe that there were. Um, So, yeah, this is just kind of to talk about it. And there's also going to be a report that's probably released about the same time as this podcast. So this will touch on that as well. Right. So, uh, yeah. So why don't we start off with Bird? Do you mind just kind of walking us through
1: how did this thing kick off? Absolutely. So... Uh, the session uh, was held on April 18th, and, and it was a, a full-day session. And uh, we had 12 sponsors uh, that sponsored the program, and uh, those were from the corporate ranks, if you will. Mm-hmm. And we had over 100 participants uh, at, this, at the workshop itself. The format was in a, a keynote presentation, and then we had three sessions. And then each of those three sessions was followed by a table discussion. So we mm-hmm. got a lot of feedback, a lot of collaboration, as you mentioned, between a firm and AGA uh, to put on the workshop, but also uh, the re- results of those workshop sessions were then put into a, a report that mm-hmm. uh, Bobby Joe uh, also uh, helped co author. Mm-hmm. So, as we look at the keynote session, uh, we had Mike Wecklow, the uh, deputy CFO from the National Science Foundation, with us, presented an interesting uh, uh, discussion related to emerging risks. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of those emerging risks as it relates to artificial intelligence and really kind of looking at how artificial intelligence has changed, looking at generative AI and, and how organizations are beginning to use that. And he went through some of the tools that are available uh, to us, uh, to organizations, with regards to uh, AI and how they provide a lot of promise to um organizations uh, to help increase productivity mm-hmm. to help un- understand and analyze information but there are hidden risks and what Mike was talked talked about in in his session was that you know organizations should not be afraid of the risks uh, in fact they they need to um, look at an opportunity to utilize AI as a way to um, you know, maybe embrace that technology, but understand the risks related to those the decisions they make around technology. And he emphasized the importance of ERM in the future uh, to, you know, address that ever increasing um, risk that that may involve around technology and the use of technology within our organizations themselves. And I think that I. I was struck by an important point that he made is that whenever new technologies are introduced, the focus is on the benefits of that technology, not always looking at the potential risks that are associated with uh, implementing that technology. So sometimes we fail to weigh those particular risks. So one of the things that he mentioned that I think is so important with regards to AI in particular is so much of the data uh, and the importance of that data, both organizationally as well as personally uh, and as as you know you can imagine utilizing AI, you know you have to understand the enterprise wide security of the the tools themselves mm-hmm. and so it's important really to understand that organizations must evaluate those risks of the new technology and understand those those as quickly as they can understand those risks, uh, but also not be afraid to adopt that technology as it relates to how they evaluate uh, the, the risks that are taken and, and just be mindful of them. So Dan, does that sound familiar, that topic?
0: Yeah, it sounds very familiar. And as Bert was talking, it came into my mind, Terminator, which it always does. <laughs> so. Yeah, we just had a podcast recently with uh,
1: Accenture, strangely enough, yep. talking about generative AI and, yep. and the risks and yep. the... Rewards, hopefully, right? So, yeah, it's it's, and especially when you look at it from a governmental standpoint of how so much of this data is is out there available to the public, so there's there's access to that data to you know for AI to utilize, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you don't want to be taking your organizational data, mm-hmm. utilizing it in an AI manner, which then makes it public. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's a lot of those types of of risks really. You know, when you kind of look at it from an ERM program, it's it's really establishing um, how do you get your employees trained on the new technologies so that they understand those risks and, and understand not yeah. what not to do yeah. as they're evaluating. the governance it. structure, exactly. Yeah, because,
0: yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've been playing with these tools, these, you know, generative AI. I mean, chat, GPT, things like that. I mean, they're pretty amazing, yeah. and it's like we have to use this. We, you know, the government needs this, but how do you do it without, you know, Everybody running scared for the hills because it seems like there's a lot of AI fright out there in my mind. And, and, and even some of the AI working groups and things you see out there, all I ever see is risk, 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 worry, worry, worry. You know, like we seem to be very at a gut level scared of AI as humans for some reason. Well, I'm scared of it because Elon Musk is, <laughs> he's, he's worried about it. So if it he's worried, good about, point, it, good worried point. about it, I'm worried about yeah, but I mean, you know, I I don't know. Certain things, certain aspects. I mean, it's a very broad subject too. I mean, we're talking about mm-hmm. business applications or mission applications, not necessarily like the robots are coming, but but that's yeah, that's I'm ha- glad to hear that we're talking about this very apropos, very, you know, timely discussion topic there to kick things off. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, so then w- so from there, you said you had three sessions. Yeah, so, so, what was the next one there? So yeah. the
1: next session uh was uh ERM and practice balancing risks with decisions in mind, and, and this session was led by uh, Wilmer Graham, uh, who is the Chief Risk Officer for the U.S. House, uh, Housing and Urban Development, mm-hmm. as well as uh, Ronald Beck, who is the Chief Risk Officer for the uh, Defense Logistics Agency, or DLA. Mm-hmm. So uh, our speakers from HUD and, and uh, DLA provided an overview of their program structure explained how they uh, established ERM tools, how they utilized those tools uh, in a risk-based manner to make key decisions. Hmm. So uh, DLA in particular uh, is, provides a lot of logistical support to military organizations as well as other federal agencies delivering over $37 billion in goods and services annually. So. They have a lot of uh, activity uh, around making sure that their goods and services get delivered where they need to be delivered. And so in 2020, they established an ERM program, and to mature that program, DLA, DLA has been focused on ex- executing data, using that data then to drive decisions, uh, to drive their risk assessment processes. Also, um, you know, building in a comprehensive approach uh, through the governance, as well as establishing a GRC system. And that has helped them then better manage that enterprise risk management program uh, at the agency. And DLA, as you might imagine, based on what they do around logistics, faces a lot of challenges and complications. They're the
0: Walmart of DOD. They are, <laughs> absolutely.
1: And so, you know, the the importance of that was then um, – they had to scale to their operations. They had to scale the the activities to their operations. So that is how they, why they decided to implement some tools, GRC tools, to do that. Uh, they established policies and procedures and taxonomies, mm-hmm. as well as Im- implemented frameworks around their their ERM program. Um, they also created and, and developed workshops and job aids, uh, and as a part of then that then they they developed a GRC pilot that has help them enable more tracking of the issues, more um, monitoring, as well as um, help them initiate a, a robust risk assessment system. And so now what they're doing is, is slowly they're, they're rolling that out organization-wide. And uh, that framework uh, and task management tracker that they've developed has become int- instrumental in them being able to assimilate the ERM program throughout the agency. And uh, part of that has also been, as, a, as well as the training, is really kind of coming up with a common language for them to use to, to understand and communicate yeah. with everybody. It's tough
0: to do, very yeah, tough absolutely. to do
1: because you got the accounting folks then you got
0: the mission folks. Yeah,
1: and it's DOD with their own language too Yeah, on top of that. So, yeah, right, <laughs> right. So so I think what they, they are looking to continue to evolve that program, you know, to go beyond just – looking at at it from the standpoint of controls and internal controls are really helpful to kind of establish for folks to understand on the accounting and finance side, but then kind of broaden that and and really look at at the risk mitigation and risk controls you know from the from the other groups within within the organization outside of accounting and finance and so as they mature their program they're they're consolidating models uh Uh, including their fraud risk model, um, which has been deployed throughout the organization, and uh, coming up with those standardized, documented, repeatable, and measured focus of their ERM program. So all of those are very important for them to continue to do.
0: Yeah, so I guess I'm surprised that they just did something up in 2020, right? I mean, it's pretty new.
1: Yeah, it is pretty new, although when you think about it, there were probably a lot of activities they were doing risk oriented prior to that sure but now um with uh, having a cro in place it really helps them formalize the process and that that's so important with regards to an erm
0: right well, we're trying to do some dod erm centric podcasts yeah, with the ppbe reform ppbe exactly. reform yeah. and you know it's just yeah very interesting to see kind of where dod is compared to the rest of federal right now so yeah,
1: yeah. absolutely
0: and you so said you had HUD on there, too? And we had
1: HUD as well. So uh, HUD's mission is to create strong, sustainable, inclusive communities and quality, affordable homes for all. So uh, HUD has an enterprise and fraud risk management framework uh, with the general ob- objectives of establishing government's governance, policy, procedures, processes, uh, looking at an enterprise view of their risks, and then facilitating the development of risk appetites and risk tolerance statements, and also helping them to identify and study root causes with regards to some of their risks as well as as findings. They've also established uh, programs to host training for folks to better understand uh, their risk profile. And so what they've done is they've used this to influence strategies uh, and priorities around planning, uh, as well as audit readiness and budget requests. to me kind of looks like they're they're really, you know, at a mature stage with their program to help identify Yeah, it's integrated. Those, it's those integrated integrations. which
0: yeah, that's definitely good.
1: Yeah. So, one of the success stories that they they told at the the session was really around what they call their front-end risk assessment. And this is a program that they use to evaluate new programs or when they have changes to existing programs and what they're doing in this particular case is they're using guidance from the GAO Green Book, uh, the GAO's Fraud Risk Framework as well as OMB Circulars A123 and A11 uh, and it's really geared to providing a structure to assess and report on identified risk and mitigation plans as it relates to new programs that they're implementing, which is so important these days to better understand. And so You know, they have as an operating principle to be timely, responsive, data-driven, and provide accurate information. And so as we kind of look at balancing decisions and risk in mind when we consider DLA and, and HUD, you know, I think that, you know, we understand that, you know, understanding all the risk is important in federal government as it relates to decisions because the decisions can have significant impacts on operations and the effectiveness of an agency as well as providing transparency and consultation, collaboration, and leverage the tools that are in place can help bring that process to, to bear for the organization as a whole. And also it's key to have leadership support around these initiatives and also really helping the organization foster risk-based mentality um, not only takes the tools that each of these organizations were investing in, but it also takes the other resources to make sure that you have everyone aligned, um, that you have the ability to make decisions using it, and you can demonstrate the that you've utilized the ERM program to, to make those decisions. So I think, you know, as, as I would kind of look at this whole session, um, session one of the day, it's really highlighted the importance of balancing those decisions with the risks and, um, that is what I th- I think effectively um, HUD and DLA have done with their programs.
0: Yeah, and I was just going to say it's interesting because HUD is definitely more mature. All right? they've been doing this for a while. They have a pretty robust program. I think our first podcast guest was from HUD. He was a chief risk officer, but out in the field, they have like multiple risk off you know risk officers out mm-hmm. there. Then they got the the, the centralized one. Uh, their OIG has a chief risk officer, right? I mean, there's a a Session,
2: lot going on. session three. Uh-oh. I'll tell you about that know. shortly. Yes,
0: you're right. Yeah, but no, that's that's <laughs> that's that's, that's kind of interesting. Like the, the the newer program, the more you know, the, the more mature, robust program. Mm-hmm. So it sounded like it was uh, some good insights. So yeah, yep. Hey, um, let's kick it over to you, Bobby Joe. Talk about session two and session three, please. Sure,
2: thanks. So session two was the rise of supply chain risk management and the importance of integration with ERM. So uh, session two and three, we we did have the chief risk officer perspective, but um, also. Like I mentioned, session three we also had the OIG perspective. So mm-hmm. session two we had two executives from the Federal Retirement Thrift Investment Board. So including Tom Brandt, who is the Chief Risk uh, yeah. Officer. Yep. So he's uh, no stranger to the to the podcast, yeah, yeah. and uh, Patrick Bevel from the Chief. He's the Chief Information Security Officer. So two great um, perspectives on supply chain risk management. Um, they really focused on uh, insights about their unique risk environment at. Uh, FRTIB, and why they chose to incorporate Supply Chain Risk Management, or SCRM, into their ERM program. Hmm. And so, um, of course, one of the stories that was brought up was SolarWinds,
1: and Uh, kind of just the
2: impetus of the cyber attack where, um, you know, the adversary weaponized a third party to get into, um, you know, the system and extract private information, and how that is really being prevalent, these bad actors, and I'm using quotes Mm -hmm. Um, are getting into a lot of federal systems and how we can, you know, use ERM to help protect uh, federal data and just the the federal citizens. Um, So federal government has stepped in. They talked about NIST, so National Institute of Standards Technology, NIST-IR-8286, and then the new Cyber Supply Chain Risk Management, so CSCRM. So that's a, a mouthful of an acronym, um, and the executive orders around supply chain risk management and how, at least at FRTIB, um, how they've been, you know, incorporating ERM into um, this kind of all, all hands on deck against uh, these threats. So Brant, uh, so Tom did recommend engaging all agency stakeholders, which is always a, a big theme on any of these workshops or the summit. Um, any ERM uh, conversations is to have all stakeholders involved in risk conversations. So I thought this one was really unique where we did bring in the kind of cyber Mm -hmm. and information system perspective into the ERM uh, conversations um, and not merely just the chief information security officer to complete the the full risk conversation. Um, And then they did say the ERM program team, you know, we really should push all of these ERM teams across the federal government to to start these conversations with the IT groups, if they have CISOs, if they – you know, have CIOs who are willing to have these, you know, conversations about supply chain risk management.
0: Yeah, my perspective is a lot of these CISOs and these IT folks, if you will, they're doing ERM. They might just not realize what they're doing is ERM.
2: For sure. And, and the NIST, you know, a, yeah. a big part of NIST and in, in this CRM, um, there are a lot of risk management requirements that, that mirror a lot of what we do in ERM. And so it's really combining, you know, their kind of rigor around risk management, but bringing it into like the, the ERM framework.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, you know, cause I think supply chain, I think, well, like DLA, right? Or something like that. And like thrift retirement doesn't like jump at the top of my head when I'm thinking about <laughs> risk and supply chain. When chains. Bobby Joe first mentioned, I was like, <laughs> is she talking about the number of federal employees that are gonna retire at some point? Like yeah, I was that, sick of that, that, that was gonna be change, chain, or, you know, like, Yeah, it's interesting. So, but I guess it's in terms of, I mean, whatever, the IT infrastructure, where all that comes from, what the vulnerabilities are. I mean, is that where we're getting at? Or I mean, this, is, yeah.
2: Exa- exactly. Okay. And I think you know, um, I don't know if we if we mentioned this, but the out of the hundred participants, this was a closed session for federal uh, employees, and then it was just the sponsors who were kind of the facilitators. Right. So this is very important to you know our our fellow colleagues who are government. Um, retirees uh, to be and, and retirees about, you know, their, their retirement. Yes, and so it rea- to sa- their, safeguard, their money. safeguard mm-hmm. their money and, and their investments. Um, so Tom did say, you know, ERM was pivotal in the implementation of SCRM, at least at the um, Thrift Investment Board, um, and where it currently serves to connect SCRM to the sub-programs. And so and vendor risk management, so they, they do a lot of this vendor risk management mm-hmm. um, risk assessments and, and looking into the risks for vendor risk management into the whole cyber supply chain risk management as well. And so they have a great partnership between the IT office, the CISO and ERM, and I know a lot of um, ERM programs are trying to get there, but may not have you know that great of a relationship yet.
0: Right. Um, oh, so that, was, so that was two, and number yep. three there.
2: I also wanted to mention one other thing too. Is oh, sure. um, there's, there were table discussions after each session, so I thought that was really lively. And this one um, brought a lot of lively conversations about. They're very eager, the table uh, participants, into talking about how they could bring in ERM into their kind of supply chain risk management. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot. A lot of times, it's on the really high on the risk register yeah. um, at many of the agencies that um, were represented at the um, at the workshop. Just wanted to kind of plug that Mm -hmm. that there was some really great um, discussions that will be um, kind of summarized in the report so be on the lookout for the report very soon and you can get um, more information on that
0: awesome um yeah so yeah walk us through then the last session right
2: yes last session so um as bert mentioned uh, we had the hud chief risk officer for session one for session three we had tamika edwards Mm -hmm who is another chief risk officer for HUD, but the chief risk officer for the Office of the Inspector General. Um, and as many of you know, there's only a few chief risk officers in the OIGs, yeah. um, Tamika being one of them. Uh, she focused a lot on balancing results, resources, and risks. So a little bit of the um, kind of risk management, the the softer side of ERM. So it was a great session. Um, she mentioned three key players in uh a successful ERM program in the federal government, Uh, GAO, so Government Accountability Office, OMB, Office of Management and Budget, and Offices of Inspector General. So put a big plug in for OIG. And since she had the OIG perspective, her whole session was kind of the perspective of OIG in um, implementing ERM. She focused on value-based management, enterprise integration, benefits of change, and delivering value from ERM. Um, Big thing of OIG, I've, I've listened to a couple of the sessions, is VUCA, uh, Volatility, Uncertainty, Complexity, and ambigu- Ambiguity, mm. um, and how they use that um, in kind of the enterprise risk management. So she said federal agencies today um, often are environments of constant unpredictable change, both internally and externally character- characterized by VUCA. So Volatility, Uncertainty, and Complexity, and ambiguity, and I would say that that's kind of the, the world we live in, maybe not just the federal government. Yeah. Um, and so she was just talking about the very big importance of value-based management in combating that VUCA. Um, she also focused on enterprise integration. Managing value requires breaking down the silos, and so I mentioned that in session two as well. So breaking down the silos and and bringing all of the players at the same time to the to the table. Um. I thought this was really great, aiming to optimize value. Management should examine what the agency actually does, so your non-value-added functions, what it's required to do, so compliance, and what your stakeholders want, so unsatisfied expectations, so kind of the three, a different three-legged stool than we, um, than we normally talk about. Hmm. She focused on benefits of change. Um, one key benefit of ERM, she said, is helping agencies identify and prioritize risks. And then the last thing, and I thought was the the, kind of the most important, was using ERM to deliver value. Um, This is where she highlighted enterprise risk management in um, what she is on the Council of the Inspector General on Integrity and Efficiency ERM Working Group. And that's kind of where you get um, the OIG really involved in enterprise risk management. I mentioned earlier there's a couple chief risk officers in the OIG, and so Mm -hmm. she's part of this working group. I know Department of Labor... I think uh, Jessica Southwell yep. um, and others are are part of this working group, and so she focused on kind of how um, that working group is focusing on applying ERM best practices and how it's already contributed to maximizing some organizational value um, in many ways. And I'll, that's a teaser to read the <laughs> read the report. I, I won't mention all the all the great things um, there, but a couple, just I guess, takeaways from. Um, from Tamika's session, is uh, four things. Understanding that risk and value impact every decision. ERM and value can be properly managed with significant transparency and communication. Managing change through the agency is the recipe for success. And then finally, risk and value management are the responsibility of everyone. So I thought her she had a very uh, uplifting and kind of... Uh, um, a great kind of, uh, positive tone, positive mm-hmm. tone yeah. to end the, end the workshop.
0: Yeah. And if you want more, go to our podcast. <laughs> she was a guest and she was great here too. So yeah, yeah, she was pretty awesome. Well, that sounds really interesting. Yeah. I mean, you guys have done this for many years now. Do you, do you remember how many years has this been going on? Oh, this is,
1: this was our seventh, seventh. seven. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is, this so is look for number eight next spring,
0: uh, you know, <laughs> can't stop. Got to keep moving. Um, well, I want to wrap things up here. Uh, maybe, you know, uh, Bert, just give us some of your final thoughts on the session or anything going forward, and then I'll give Bobby Joe a chance to, so.
1: Well, thank you, Paul. Yes, thank you for the opportunity to be here. I think, you know, what's, what has been important with this session over the seven years that we've done it is really getting folks together to talk about enterprise risk management. And I think we've provided that forum to, to do so. As Bobby Joe mentioned, we've had, we had table discussions uh, after each of the three sessions. And that really facilitated an interaction between um, consultants as well as governmental folks to really kind of talk about some best practices, talk about issues uh, in a setting that really you know, is not for attribution, really. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really to, to help everyone kind of learn from others. And I think that's one of the important parts that, you know, is highlighted within the report itself when you read it is the importance of really learning from others. And and that's how you improve an ERM program. So it's it's been a delight seeing the um, you know the workshops continue for this many years, and and it really provides I think a value to the, both the ER, the affirm communities as well as the AGA communities. Absolutely, Bobby Joe. What what final thoughts you got for
0: us?
2: Definitely. And and if uh, folks still had business cards, they were passing them around. But <laughs> a, a lot of uh, contact information that's was a little
0: LinkedIn. <laughs> that's scan right. Thing. Little scan and uh-huh. I.
2: I think that was probably the the most impactful was just kind of hearing other people's struggles and successes <laughs> in in this kind of environment. Roundtables, very you know, collaborative, um, and giving them this the the time after each session to talk about it. Uh, you know, what's working at their agencies, what's not, and kind of you know, swapping contact information. So um, we'll definitely continue having this. I think this is a uh, you know the marquee AGA. A firm kind of co co-op ERM mm-hmm. activity, and then um, I'd like to put a, a plug in for oh. our our marquee event. Uh, <laughs> that's that's a firm, and that's our summit, which is coming up uh, November 28th and 29th. The registration is open. Early bird registration goes until the um, October 27th, but please don't wait. Um, register now uh, so we can we can plan to have you there. Um, our theme this year is collaborate and celebrate weaving ERM into the fabric of government. Um, so please come collaborate and celebrate with a firm in November. Um, and, you know, if you have any questions, uh, Melissa Reynard and myself are the co-chairs of the summit this year. We have great uh, committee planning it. We have um, great breakout sessions that have been nominated. So we're going through those. Mm-hmm. We have great plenary uh uh, sessions that have already been kind of secured, um, getting everybody signed up for those. So um, please come, and we'd love to see everybody.
0: I heard the food's going to be great this year, too. <laughs> Good food, uh, <laughs> great great new
2: menus. Uh, it's going to be at the Convention Center. So um, trying a new venue this year, so the D.C. Convention Center. Um, and uh, it'll be a, a great two days um, for, for us to, to do what we did at the workshop, you know, collaborate and – and swap, uh, success stories and, and maybe, um, tools and tips and tricks.
0: All right. Well, I really appreciate you both being here and, uh, that's going to be a wrap for today. So this was accountability talks and risk chats as well. So signing off your host, Paul Marshall, have a great one.